Hello, uh, how is everybody? I can speak, I promise. How is everybody doing today? My name is Christian Wagner. I'm the Millican Thomist. And today we are going to be going over in celebration because we got to celebrate the fact that it is almost in 59 minutes, Women's History Month. We'll be celebrating women's history by talking about how much Hollywood movies with female leads suck. That's going to be what we are celebrating, the amazing, amazing um, accomplishments of women in history. We're talking about Hollywood movies, the anthropology, we'll be talking about the nature of a story and why they all suck uh, when it comes to having women leads. Now, after that, uh, I'm going to give my like 10, 15 minute spiel, and then the other Paul is going to join me. But first, I want to make a brief distinction. But actually, before that, I forgot about this. Go on Patreon, patreon.com slash militantomist. Actually, I can add a little banner right there, a little ticker where you guys can see it. And um, Discord, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, yeah, you can... Oh yeah, I'm kind of doing a, a brief review uh, this these next few days of how things are going uh, with the channel and then looking forward to the future of the channel and stuff like that. So if you have any feedback, you can um, just reach out to me. I'm happy to hear it. Be brutally honest with me because playing niceties will not help me at all. Yeah. Other Paul, I'm going to add you in like 10 minutes once I get my spiel done. Then we'll discuss a little bit on the anthropo anthropological um, stuff about it. Okay. So let's get into it. So I'm specifically, when I talk about Hollywood movies with a female lead, I'm specifically talking about hero movies. Like you'll have, um, can't even remember the name of the movie. It's so bad. Captain Marvel, like that movie, like the, the all those, the, they're so terrible. They're horrible. When people watch these movies, these female hero movies where females are the heroes, they suck. Everybody, it's, everybody knows that in, just intuitively, unless you have a sort of preconceived um, reason of uh, feminist ideology for why you need a female hero movie, everybody recognizes they just suck. They're horrible. They're boring. They're unrealistic and so on and so forth. They're horrible. They're just the worst. There's nothing more to say about it. They're just terrible. And I'm going to tell you why. So let's think real quick on the nature of a story. So when it comes down to a hero story, what you're having is you're having a certain person who is rising above some adversity and is seeking the good in saving another person or group of people. And he is destroying a certain threat. That is really, in, in brief, in, in, in compact form, that's the nature of a story. Now, if you go back, I, th I think this is, this is very important. If you go back to Justin Martyr and some of the early, earliest apologists for the Christian faith, what they're going to argue is that the preparation for the gospel was the philosophy of the Greeks. And I'm going to say the same thing about a story. A story, in a certain way, participates in the eternal story of the gospel. 
in order to prepare people to receive the gospel. We see this through pagan cultures um, throughout the world. For example, um, in Anglo-Saxon culture with Beowulf, Beowulf clearly in a certain way is Christ is the new Beowulf. In a certain way, uh, Beowulf is a type of Christ. And then in the preaching of the gospel, Beowulf becomes an important story in order to show forth the Christological dimensions of the gospel. So these, these stories, what they're telling, these hero stories, is that you have someone who is reflecting Christ. And Christ is coming to save someone else, which is reflective of the church. So Christ is coming to save the church and is defeating the power of sin and death and the devil. That is the type. The gospel is the type in which all hero stories participate in. Now, very important. So when it comes to the story of Christ, his masculinity is very essential. His masculinity as savior, as head, as leader of the church, which is the body. And the church's passivity is very important. That's why Christ is put in um, as, in, according to his humanity, he is male. He's a masculine figure. He protects, guards, and saves the church. And then also in our Lord being a man of war, in the fact that Christ wars against the powers of sin and death, that is wherein his masculinity um, shines forth. You, you see throughout the, the Bible, you see males failing in the fact that they are weak, in the fact that they don't protect women. You see it in the garden through Adam uh, being being absolutely feminine, um, being effeminate, and not protecting Eve. And then in not protecting the Eve, the type of the church, the devil takes um, and defeats him and is able to steal his righteousness and then the righteousness of his bride. You see also in the patriarchs, you see the same male either um, just effeminacy where they do not tell the various kings and pharaohs that their wives are their wives, but through weakness and through fear, they let them be taken um, from them, not protecting their women. And you see this over and over again. The entire Old Testament is a cycle of male effeminacy and then also uh, male abuse against women. And then you see in the fulfillment and the perfection of all of these types, you see the perfect male. The perfect male does not abuse his bride. The perfect male does not, through fear and effeminacy, let his bride be taken. But the perfect male will lay down his life in defense of his bride. And this is where the hero story reaches its fullness and its fulfillment. But you get to your Marvel story. It's disordered. Rather than having this perfect expression of masculinity in defense and love and self-sacrifice, now you have a woman. A woman which does not um, go in accordance with her created nature, but rather takes on the role of the hero and takes on the role of Christ. 
And this is fundamentally disordered. And you see also that since um, feminism in its ideology does not conform its masculinity, which it imposes on females, to the image of Christ, you see that these women become pseudo-abusers in a very unrealistic role. And these pseudo-abuser women with a false sense of masculinity that they impress on outward femininity, that they have a disordered view of what it means to be masculine. So they are prideful. They are arrogant. They are self-indulgent, not laying down their life to saving the bride, but rather a female usurper who ruins the type that is Christ. So that is why female uh, Marvel movies suck. That's why they absolutely suck. Most Hollywood movies are horrible because they don't keep in conformity to this created order and through the participation in the story of the gospel with its clear emphasis on femininity and masculinity. Okay, so I'm going to add in the other Paul here in a minute. And this is also Q&A. So uh, if you guys want to put in questions for me to answer, I can answer them. And I'll probably clip that first part of the video. And then make a completely new video. Okay, how do I add him? Invite, there we go. Okay, the other Paul, I'm just going to send it into the live chat. Nobody else come in. I will not add you. Yeah, and then um, you'll also you'll also read. I found this to be interesting. Who was I talking to? Yeah. Hey, the other Paul. How do you do, fellow misogynist? <laughs> Doing great. So you'll <laughs> see, even with um, even with some typology about the temple, that mm -hmm. the earth the earth is feminine, and then God yep. is masculine, yes. and and then that this this uh, activity and passivity plays itself out in all manners of life and in That's every right, way yeah. in which a male and female interacts. So any way in which this order is reversed is a perversion and we know it. Everybody knows that that's involved. Yes. It's very clear. Yeah, that's right. And and that's actually, and of course, you know me, I'm very careful with arguments from typology because I, I see people mention, hey, Mary and Temple, and I'm like, Ree! but other than that, uh, with this, I actually discussed this with my stream with Seraph and Hamilton recently. I brought up the example of the typology of marriage throughout scripture, and he just like, do, 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 of how that typology manifests all across the scripture, including the very example of the temple and how the cosmos. Um, and, and femininity more generally reflects the created order, whereas masculinity ref uh, reflects the um, is, is paired together with respect to the distinction between the create the uncreated versus the created. The masculinity reflects the uncreated, and the femininity reflects the created. And there's and there's that kind of level of order with that. And and so with the the flow on effects of which there are so many. I also come to conclude that Captain Marvel is cringe, gay, and Toeva, according to the Torah. I have proof of that. <laughs> Base. Okay, so there's two quick questions for me. So what am I currently reading? I'm currently uh, reading Beatitude by Father Reginald Gary Lagrange, which is his commentary on the Summa. And then I'm also obviously reading the Summa like I do my like I do every day and then i'm reading um thomas's commentary on ephesians i got past his commentary on galatians and then his commentary on aristotle's metaphysics so yeah and then i did 
Actually, I'll so just realize me. that. Yeah, how many cups <laughs> did you drink from? <laughs> he asked me if I drank out of two different cups because I thought one of them was full, but it was empty. And then I had to pick up my full one. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to drink from all the cups that I have on my desk right now. And I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Just what the heck? Eight. You're just drinking your sorrows away. Yeah. So, uh, the reason is because my wife, hint, hint, Lexi, if you're editing this, my wife hasn't cleaned up my office in a while. So uh, maybe I'll need Uh-oh. to get her to watch. <laughs> I need to get her to watch this stream on masculinity and femininity. She's watching. She's reading. Um, what's that one one book by uh, Timothy Gordon's wife? Uh, Go ask your husband. That's what she's reading nice. right now. <laughs> I wanted That's to get beautiful. him. To, yeah, it's a book about patriarchy. That's that's really cool. I've 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 heard Timothy Gordon is is like very blunt and upfront with uh yeah tra- patriarchy is good. He's not like a he's not like a normie complementarian. Um, and for those who don't know, in the evangelical world, there's a complementarian versus the egalitarian. The egalitarians are the straight up Christian feminists, like men and women totally equal. Women can become pastors, this and that. And the complementarians, they're trying to defend the traditional position, but they're very milk toast about it. They're very weak, yeah. often. And they're um, trinitarian so heretics too to defend it. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's 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 an even funnier thing as well. I've I've actually I've actually had sympathetic understandings. What um like for example Wayne Grudem, who pretty much, who he kicked the the hornet's nest with that. He's the one who started all that crap, really. But um um at least in the modern decades. But yeah, yeah. The the complementarians they'll say things like, well, okay, the scripture explicitly says that uh, wives submit to their husbands. Or at least most many, if not most, complementarians, because there's narrow and broad complementarian. And like, if you look at us two, of course, we'd be like, we, we'd be the broad of the broad complementarians, so to speak. But even that term is tainted by the prevalence of the narrow ones. And they'll say, wives are called to submit to their husbands in scripture and men are the only ones who are allowed to be passed in the scripture. And that's it. That's it. There's no other things. It's, it's just those two. Women can be presidents. They can be heads of state. It's all fine, all fun and dandy. Uh, most yeah. narrow complementarians would say crap like that. Um, only the only one you can really think of who's popular, who goes against that, who really has the balls to say otherwise would be John Piper, who said that, uh, made an article saying that women should not be police officers, uh, for obvious reasons. And he got, he got, uh, he made an absolute shite storm because of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, that, that was a question for, for she, Alex, wait, wait, can you put your headphones in or something? I can hear myself. Oh, can you? I can just I can just turn myself down and move the mic away. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so much better. Yep. Okay. So, do you want to? I'm a patriarchal supremacist. Based. Yeah. So based. I went I went over a bit about um, some of the story aspects of this, which is kind of where I first thought of it because um, I, th- I thought of this idea of all stories being a participation in the gospel as its type a bit ago, but the masculine and feminine uh, aspects of this, I, I thought about a little bit later. So there's also anthropological reasons from the, um, from the constitution of male and female, and then also mm-hmm. from the created hierarchy that's formed yep. by God because God forms all things in hierarchy. And then yep, from, right. from the bottom, it flows up. This is really yep. a bottom up sort of way is that from the relationship between husband and wife in the marital covenant. So also is this applied to the church? It's applied to the world of business. That's right. It's applied to the world of state. 
this is this goes through all forms of society because when you have this disorder between males and females and you're having males be be really passive is is the <laughs> easiest way of putting it then you have disorder and then things really fall apart from there because when things aren't going in accordance with their nature you have something which is unnatural then that thing mm. ultimately will break apart and then go into non-being yep that's it that's it it's um how would i how would i well yeah pretty much pretty much what you said there and there's so much you can look at it with um so many so many indirect proofs throughout the scripture how it's it's not even you don't need to find a direct scripture that says that gives out all these details like oh by the way here's a nested hierarchy of male to female and man is over woman over every single context and all that jazz which is what egalitarians often demand which is just absolutely silly and shows you how they're more they're not really sola scriptura in the in the classical sense where it's not just what's explicitly said but what you derive from the scripture but like oh give me an explicit verse give me an explicit verse that says this kind of like kind of like with how the uh with whatchamacallit with how you'll get sometimes the apologists for sodomy who will say oh well jesus never directly condemns homosexuality and in one of my videos that made that really took my channel off is where i said well yeah sure but he never he never uh he never condemns bestiality or rape either so i guess they're okay as well eh? um which is obviously absolutely silly and so it's what you got to do is look throughout the entire witness of god's revelation and what he shows and you find and you find piece after piece after piece on as well as a bunch of very explicit major statements which when put together paint a very clear picture um one example one really good example is with Deut is with deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 5 in a, in a big list of various stipulations of the law and this one specifically says um so with the net translation it's not the best with this one and i'll explain why in a sec but it says a woman must not wear man's clothing, nor should a man dress up in woman's clothing. For anyone who does this is offensive to the Lord your God. Now, first cool thing to notice is that with that word offensive, it's actually coming from the Hebrew word toeva, which is the same word. Sorry? Abomination. Abomination. That's right. It's an abomination for a woman to appear like a man and a man to appear like a woman, to act like a man, to act like a woman, vice versa. Um, and which is the same thing ascribed to acts of sodomy. Um, in in the scripture in Leviticus eighteen in Leviticus eighteen twenty two I believe yes uh, where it is called where so sodomizing another guy is called toeva so it's not like it's not like one's like kind of bad and the other's really bad no 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 they, these are both abominations before the eyes of the Lord for a man to be like a woman and for a woman to be like a man but what's more specific here is that and I, and I, this is why i say the net i don't normally use it as a translation it's only helpful because the notes are really really deep but as a translation it, it falls short often and this is one of them because it translates it both for men and women as clothing so a woman should not put on man's clothing nor should a man dress up in woman's clothing but with the hebrew they actually use different terms so with woman it refers to a woman's clothing simla that's a pretty generic term for clothing for garment and all that but for men, it uses the word keli, which is actually a more generic term that more ref that, that can more be rendered as stuff, generally, a man's stuff. A woman cannot, shall not put on a man's stuff. And most often, it's used in reference to equipment, to armor, to weapons. And so, as you read throughout the Hebrew scriptures, and so you can very easily see the implication that it's not merely putting on a piece of clothing that belongs to a man 
but adopting the actual functions and the prerogatives and the roles of a man. So, yeah. Such as, for example, warfare, which is most relevant to this, women in action movies like Captain Marvel, for example. Yeah, and I think I think another question we have to ask ourselves is anytime we go to a verse in scripture which is prescribing a certain law, we have to ask ourselves the why about yes, it. That's it. We have to ask ourselves why are they why is the this the biblical text restricting this certain thing and saying that it's good to do this certain thing? Why is this happening? And if we go beneath the surface, it's going to be that there are certain external markers mm-hmm. and there's a certain order wherein there's a femininity, there's a masculinity and mm-hmm. mixing those two things to create confusion yep. is an abomination. And you see it ironically is this, I, I say that we're the true feminine, the patriarchs are the two true feminists. <laughs> yeah. Because when you get down to brass tacks and you, and you look at, um, the transgender movement and feminists and et cetera, et cetera. Femininity for them is so shallow. Femininity is basically mm-hmm. you appear in a certain way. And yep. even then it's, it's, it's changed. Like if you get a, uh, a, a pair of silicones and you get long hair, you're all of a sudden a woman now. But when it comes yep. to a classical view of what makes a woman, a woman and what makes a woman special, it's going to be found in the fact of motherhood. And that mm-hmm. is something which is yeah. much more reverent towards women than yeah. is to have than is to have their femininity based on some outward appearance that is always ordered towards the various uh, pleasures of men. And then also, especially what you get in the feminists, is they overturn the goodness of femininity and they say it is bad to have femininity. And in order to be worth something, in order to be good, you have to become a man. So how are they the feminists here? If that if they're they're basically exalting uh, the masculine nature more than I would ever even dream of, because I would never dream of asking women to be like men. But that that is something that uh, these these neo feminists like to do. Is they just mm-hmm. absolute? It's just an absolute abomination. I don't get mm-hmm. how anybody gets sucked into this because it is so against our deepest interior intuitions. You even yep. get in like some of these very feminist TV shows, like the what's? Um, I know, I know, my wife actually likes it, but uh, uh what's the one people got mad? The people that uh, no, 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 the people, the the one that um, they got mad at. Uh, some conservatives got mad at because they had a very muscular female. It was uh, the Disney movie Encantado or something like that. I no, I can't say I do. Yeah, yeah, it's a Disney. It's a Disney movie. So when you when you look at that, even though it's obviously Disney, who are definitely not patriarchs, (laughs) definitely are not. They who do they have cooking the dinners? The mom, the mom. (laughs) And you see it throughout all of these shows is people understand these and these aren't uh, cooking dinner isn't necessarily uh, essential to womanhood. That is an accident which flows out from the nature of the relationship Finger, between yeah. a male and a female, which That's makes it. it so such an important uh, thing to uh, thing to emphasize mm-hmm. because yeah. that is something which uh, flows from and shows forth this dis- strong distinction that we have between masculinity and femininity. So, yeah. so even even with the unbeliever, they know these things. They mm-hmm. know it so well, mm-hmm. 
And in practice, they follow after these very strong yeah. gender distinctions. Yeah, that's it. That every we, culture, we every culture that has evolved past the Stone Age, and even most Stone Age cultures recognize this reality, and that's why you see it. And that's why when you have the the feminist anthrop wannabe anthropologists who will point to like, oh, look, he's this obscure Stone Age tribe that hasn't invented the wheel, and they have a matriarchal society. Like, wow, congratulations, you found an example. Whereas virtually everyone else has a very strong patriarchal lineage. I think we have a very, a very strong example right here. Barely Protestant <laughs> says, because Joan of Arc is a saint. So, so you're going to just ignore the just thousands of male warrior saints and find the literal one example <laughs> of the literally one. You're, you know what? This, this type of argument is like the argument like, oh, we found a like Catherine of Siena. Catherine of Siena I, went to went to the Pope when the papacy was really bad and told the Pope, like, hey, you need to you need to chill. To so, be, so it's a feminist like, oh, she's a feminist hero. Fair, I, I don't think I, I don't think he's making the feminist argument, but trying to trying to give a whammy of inconsistency with what we're saying about women action heroes and warriors, and then trying to say, Oh, look, your Catholic communion has a female warrior saint. So that's kind of that's kind of in, in conflict with that. I think that no, might no, be what he's doing. I, I think because if Father James ain't feminist, <laughs> but but also also Father James likes loves some uh, medieval medieval Catholicism though. At least I thought because because Joan <laughs> of Arc would Joan of Arc would have been uh, a little bit after the Great Fall. It's so yeah, a, when it comes to when it comes to especially uh, Joan of Arc, we have to also look at the difference between something which is normative and something which yes. is occasional. I was going to bring so in a in a very in this very strict situation of literally God speaking to some. Well, not in your view, obviously, you don't think it happened, but in God speaking to somebody to raise them up for this certain vocation, and it's very unusual, and that's why it's so. Um, the, the reason why Joan of Arc is somebody that people know is because of how unusual it is for this to happen. Mm -hmm. And in the, it, so it really, this, the point of bringing up Joan of Arc actually proves our case even more because of how unusual it is. It means that there is a certain underlying order in nature. Yeah. Same with, um, oh, same with the woman in judges. Um, Jael, uh, no, uh -oh. no, Deborah, but the other one as well, there's Jael who, the hammer. Right, cause, cause Deborah, um, did she end up? I think she did end up going into battle, like leading it. But but um, the other woman, Jael, um, she was the one who got invited into the into the tent of this king oppressing Israel, and then she drove the tent peg through his head. And then the scriptures praise her for it. So uh, Christian pacifist BTFO. Um, oh my! Oh, have you have you? Did you see the tweets going around a while back? If you're gonna have a discussion of Christian femininity, oh then my. you want to read Jael first, not Proverbs 31. And I'll drive a stake into a man's head. <laughs> and it was Why, like, thank was, you, thank you very much for putting yourself on an FBI watch list, feminist. And I, and I and I saw like even quite conservative women and uh. the like wives, the the wives of some of these like conservative like christian theologian men on youtube like being like yeah. ah. and i'm like bro control your <laughs> if my wife ever posted something like that i would take her phone and delete her twitter account <laughs> <laughs> did she ever hear you does she what did she ever hear because <laughs> like, you look briefly <laughs> I, I don't care that that way is the window actually 
because <laughs> I mean, hey, however tried, however tried your wife is, I can't expect she won't get a reaction out of saying you may delete her Twitter account. <laughs> oh man, but uh, but yeah, the, as you say as well, with the difference between normative and occasional occurrences, they can't, they they don't conceive of that difference. They that's that's the entire the entire egalitarian case in scripture, bar one or two verses which are very easily dispatched of are uh well to, to to preach to the to the audience now while christian is occupied with le women uh they their entire case by one or two verses which are very easily dismissed of for their case is built on exceptions like oh look here's this exception here's this here's this woman who does a woman does something in scripture therefore egalitarianism that's 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 legit their argument when you read their books hey look a woman did something and therefore egalitarianism therefore patriarchy bad they regularly construe the position as like women should just be just be frozen icicles in uh in the back corner of the home and men literally do everything like it's an absolute meme how badly the our position is straw manned every single time whereas it is so easy to find complementarian slash patriarchal guys who can very easily articulate the egalitarian position without straw manning it and addressing him in their best, in in their best, and you, it's, it's almost you almost never find the the case in the opposite side. So it's 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 really hilarious. You're muted. This is actually a great point right here. Um, so I think this this is one of the best proofs for. But you're not going to think that. Obviously, you don't think that Genesis three is talking about Our Lady, but I do. And nah, so for freezing scripture for me anymore for for modern man taking care of others be humble pure alone in prayer are bad and evil things God has already answered even Genesis 3 a woman will crush the head of the snake yes exactly and how does the woman crush the head of the snake through being a mother and that that, that I think that honestly it, I forgot about this but Genesis the, 3 if, yeah. if you if you interpret it in a Mariological lens Genesis 3 is really the zenith of motherhood and femininity is the way in which you crush Satan as a woman mm. is have babies. That's if how that you was, crush if, Satan. If that was the way to interpret it, that'd be a great point. Uh, the only problem is that the interpretation relies on like a tiny textual variant that otherwise everyone else doesn't doesn't have. And the the referent of who crushes the head of the snake is is masculine otherwise. No, nah, I think it's only like the Vulgate and like maybe some old Latin manuscripts which translate it as Ipsa or her. <laughs> I think I I disagree because my intuition says otherwise. Virgin textual criticism versus the Chad, it feels right. <laughs> <laughs> versus the Chad Jerome said. But either way, whatever it's pretty much pick your poison. If you go with if you go with that, um, yeah, but I, 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 I would I would think it works. And I would if you go think, with my one, it works. Well, even better, but they both work. <laughs> I, I would think even even you could say that um that the zenith of of woman found in the history of the world is in Mary. Mm -hmm. She's the most blessed amongst women. And then oh, yeah. it is, it is yeah, in, yeah. Her, in her motherhood that um, her divine mission from yeah, God right. is, an is fulfilled. Yeah. Very important instrumental cause. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. That's the height, the height, the, the, the archetype of, of, uh, of instances of motherhood right there to literally mother the Lord, like how freaking nuts is that? Have you uh, have you read Judith? No, I haven't yet. I've heard. Isn't she like a like a woman warrior thing as well? No, or? no, 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 no. Okay, you, you, the, the story is even better. So Ooh. Israel's getting like absolutely wrecked, 
and then she's like crap somebody needs to do any needs to do something and through the weakness of men who are being effeminate like oh no they're attacking what are we gonna do (laughs) 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 it's the assyrians the assyrians yes so basically basically that that. And and then she's like, bro, like guys are supposed to be protecting us. We need to do something. Yep. They're like, oh no, they're coming to attack us. And <laughs> and then she's like, okay, I know what I'm gonna do. So she takes she she dresses up, gets all prettied up and stuff, and she goes over to I think it's like I, I can't remember what people. I think it might have been like the Assyrians or Babylon. No, no, it's like part of like nebuchadnezzar's gang that was just like chilling so it's the babylonians and and she goes she goes over and then she's like oh i want to see the leader guy and then then they're like okay okay you can see the leader guy and the leader guy's like oh yeah and then this this guy just like absolutely pounds a bunch of alcohol and just is like oh you can come back to my room with me and then it's like okay okay and then they go back to her room and then he passes out on the bed because, you know, he got really drunk. And then she just takes and cuts his head off and brings it back to brings it back to Israel. And then everybody gets scared and runs away. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, if, if you want your hero story to be that, because that's, that's yeah, real, that is realistic. But you know what's mm-hmm. not realistic? Like women beating up men in these TV shows. Yeah, exactly. Like, like freaking like that John Wick knockoff Ava, I believe that's what it's called. Oh, um, like purely on a purely ignoring any issues of worldview, which we shouldn't, it's a half decent movie. But then when you actually consider having a consistent worldview, it's a lot of crap. It's literally just trying to get a woman to be John Wick. That's pretty much all it is. And it sucks because of that. It's it's gay. It's fake and gay. It's like just a woman beating up all these guys, shooting them all. And like, they're like, oh, oh my gosh, oh, she's far from Yeah. Pretty much just that. Yeah, she's like five foot even, three. Did you even notice it? The, did you even notice it with the Captain Marvel trailer? So, so every superhero movie trailer shows the villain like, yeah, dang, yeah, I'm powerful. I'm gonna kill everyone and all that. But then in the Captain Marvel trailer, the villain was like scared, looking at her. Like, did you notice that? No, no, we could. Uh... <laughs> you gotta watch. Okay, yeah. It's either I think it's like the first trailer. And with Book. Jude Law's villain character, yeah. that actually is the case. It's so funny. Book. Actually, Esther is about Mordecai. Sorry to break it to you guys. Have you yeah, ever heard that? Have you ever heard, have you ever heard of that? Uh, that argument. There's no. a really cool typological argument. Um, I think it's from. I think it's the Amalekites. In um, man, I need to read the Book of Esther again. I'm going to get everybody's names wrong except Mordecai and, and Esther. So you have the uh, Haman. Haman's the evil dude. Yeah, Haman. Haman is actually descended from the Amalekites. Okay. And then um, and then you have with, with Mordecai. Mordecai is descended from... One, he's descended from the one of the people who like had failed in in killing the Amalekites. I can't remember what his name is, but so you, you have this, the Amalekites were supposed to be killed out of the land and they failed. So this is really a distant cause for why they go into exile. And then you have the reversal of this in Mordecai outwitting, um, outwitting Haman and then having him killed. 
So that's uh, right. I probably screw that whole thing up. But there's I had a friend who wrote like this really long paper about it, like tracing all the typological themes between. So the it two. should be the Book of Mordecai. It should have been the because the whole thing's about Mordecai, actually. Yeah, most people, most people, and, and the Book Esther. of Ruth should be the Book of Boaz. But, but get Ruth, rid of women out of all the book names, bro. Come on, that's <laughs> Ruth. Ruth is Ruth is all about the preservation of the seed. So again, mm-hmm. Ruth is also about uh, having babies, which will which leads to David. That's it. It's a cute love story. It's a. I'd I'd, I'd be really interested at in seeing someone turn that into like a into like a like a like a serious good like romantic film. Ruth, and I and I and, and I did. Uh, I actually did a paper, and I think I posted on my blog tracing all of the women in the old Testament to show how they typify uh, Mary in a certain sense mm-hmm. that Mary is like the greater, uh, patri- like the greater patriarchs wives because the patriarchs wives are all barren and God miraculously uh, gives them children. But Mary is even greater than that, that she's not just barren. She's a virgin. And then she, from that virginity conceives. So God completely doesn't even use the guy in, in this case and then and then you you see it through um through almost all of the old testament types especially brought forth in the fathers uh from eve mary being the new eve mm. so so you see like this entire focus on the goodness of women in in the yep. bible is surrounding motherhood yeah and especially it. for the preservation of the seed and then women will be saved through mother through childbearing <laughs> first I believe, okay, that's the one kind of works-based salvation I can accept. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, the, what you're what you're getting on here is a position that with some guys who've been, they're not like direct mentors, but in terms of my theology on this very topic, I've been instrumental on it. And they coined, they coined the term gendered, pi- uh, gendered piety, where how men and women express their faith, how they act as faithful servants to Christ is different. So how women, how women are faithful servants is different from how men are faithful servants. It's not just some generic goodness that both sides, there's obviously tons of overlap, of course, but there's not just this singular generic androgynous goodness that both sides go to. And it's, it's really the only way that you can keep that position. And, and it's the only way that you can avoid dropping into just absolute androgyny because with egalitarianism, it just takes a couple more logical steps to say, oh, look, same-sex marriage is okay because as the egalitarians appeal to Galatians 3.28 to say there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, et cetera, et cetera, therefore saying that the social situation between men and e- men and women are equal, it just takes a, a little extra inclusion. Well, okay, why why not include, if that's if it's literally getting rid of discriminatory relationships between men and women, why not? Does that include marriage? Why can't a man marry another woman? Why discriminate against him? Marry another man? Why? Why discriminate against a man on that basis, and vice versa for women? So that's 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 the only way you can avoid getting into to the gay with your theology in is yeah. recognizing that there is differences in piety. So so don't hate on me on this, but uh, <laughs> we're obviously going to answer this very differently. So we're celibate women, feminine. Yes, yes. So. Um, that that's just the the beauty of of our lady and the fact that she isn't only the virgin of virgins but she's also the mother of mothers mm. and and she typifies both of those both of those lifestyles because really uh those celibate women they're they're not unmarried they're still the brides of Christ and the fact that they've wedded themselves to the service of God 
and in in prayer and fasting and really if you look at nuns they take on a lot of maternal and mm. uh wifely roles when it comes to the ways in which they serve yeah. the church they run um orphanages they they help priests in um in cleaning in, in cooking in doing laundry mm. like stuff like that like you and get then you a got lot of time. and then for the men you got warrior monks yeah for men <laughs> nice <laughs> templar yeah so 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 really even with um even with women who are in the state of celibacy, there is still uh, these reflections of this order, and it isn't hmm. it isn't a lesser state. And I would argue it's a higher state. I, I mean, you would argue that's probably an equal state, but I think it's a higher state in in celibacy and service yeah. of God. Yeah, I'd I'd argue it's a different state. I'd argue that yeah, there are they are still feminine because you can still exact the roles of um of a man and of a woman outside of a strict biological parentage context. But I'd say it's a different it's a different one. I wouldn't necessarily say it's higher, but I would say it's not it's not normative. So the norm is that we hold to the creation mandate. Every man, every woman, get married, have kids, unless you determine that you're gonna go into celibacy for strict service to the Lord. That's not the norm, that's the exception, and plenty of exceptions do exist. It's not and it's not the same thing as what many um oh my word, what so many millennial quasi-liberal christian the gift, uh, of the gift of singleness that's not the gift the the celibacy is choosing to forego marriage it's not failing to get a dude it's not failing to get laid okay there's a difference it is choosing to forego marriage in order to get into that higher service with god it's not it's it's not just choosing to do life as a single dude and go out and have cats and drink wine and drink yourself to death with that. That's not, that's not celibacy. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. Have your cats, drink your wine and eat your pizza. Yeah. Like that yeah, is just your pizza so... and, and sell, sell your, sell your families, sell your family's wide farm property for an apartment in the city. How good. Oh God. I'm in a spicy season of singleness. <laughs> <laughs> i am too i am too i want to i want to find a girl and uh yeah still looking and i'll gladly acknowledge that and unless i get that clear statement hey go go celibate do do more for the kingdom uh i'm gonna presume that i'd need a woman and she's out there waiting for me and that's gonna be great and i'm not she's gonna make there, excuses. she's 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 following your your channel just waiting who knows who knows, who knows? <laughs> okay so I want to I want to actually watch that uh, since since we're specifically talking about um, since we're specifically talking about Marvel movies. I actually want to watch that Captain Marvel um, trailer. I didn't mm -hmm. even notice that. Mm -hmm. It's one of the trailers. You may get the right one. You may not, but you'll see it when you do. When you see the villain looking, <laughs> like, <laughs> just have to watch like all 10 of the trailers you, is it is it the uh I think it's the captain, first one i do believe it's the first one i remember that being the first impression i got it's not captain marvel 2 teaser trailer disney no, plus no, no, the first captain marvel and the this the first launch trailer or something like yeah just the first oh, trailer uh watch this is this is going to trigger me so hard having to watch this militant jamie start an order of warrior monks in australia <laughs> why Peace. not I actually, had like a, I actually had a mad idea because I actually used to write fiction when I was younger back in the day. I want to get back into it because um, people actually say I was a bloody good um, novel writer. But um, and I had an idea and I still kind of have it of kind of like a John of kind of like a John Wick, but it's a pastor and he's just like eliminating the degeneracy around his town. <laughs> 
I would, <laughs> I'll I, would bring more I would bring you on for an interview about that one. Frick yeah. Get owned. Wrecked. <laughs> after, after we smash the matriarchy. <laughs> blockbuster, blockbuster videos. Probably 100% better movies than the ones that are Bro, than this, this one. Blockbuster so much. $9.99. Jeez. Expensive. I miss renting movies, bro. How good, simple were those days? War is a universal language. I know a renegade soldier when I see one. Never occurred to me that one might come from above. I can, I'm already preparing for the cringe. Don't know if it's this trailer, but I will cut the tape. Truth be told, I was ready to hang it up until I met you today. Oh, the lag you see the, did you see the clothes that she was wearing earlier? It's not like a nice, beautiful sundress or something. Yeah. Like something nice and feminine. Yeah, she's, like, she's, wearing, she's wearing like a ball cap and like yeah. and like jeans and uh, some rough jacket. Yeah, look at me. I'm a real woman. Look at, look at that facial expression right there. Look, I'm a liber I'm a liberated woman right now. Like, I'm gonna. I, she, she would be so much happier on her home planet raising some babies. Did you just see yeah, no, that right. she got a haircut too? Like she got like a lesbian haircut. It's terrible. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. So you're not from around here. It's hard to explain. Oh, Mister. Oh, you're not. I'm not like other girls. <laughs> <laughs> I keep having these memories. What is this? Like I keep having these yeah. memories. Like female pilots, like ooh, let's dress up like the cool guys from uh oh, from yeah, Top like Gun. Top Gun, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna bring on Eric just to do a whole Top Gun stream where we just watch Top Gun and just love just, how great just, it is. Just see the just see the assertion of masculinity over a random woman trying to make her way in a career. Yes. Like <laughs> like let's wait, I'm gonna quick look up how what percentage of pilots are female let's look it up real quick uh it's just 30 percent. that sounds way too high that's tra a tragedy military pilots okay this is about to get yeah that's oh 10 percent. oh yeah yeah that sounds do you see do you see the first the first uh female pilot um i think it was in the air force First female pilot crashed the first time she, <laughs> and then she wrecked a second second one too. <laughs> I hear those stories all the time. Oh man, it's kind of like kind of like. I see flashes. Yeah, I don't know if it's this trailer, but I was gonna watch to the end. Oh, and look, end. she's she's like climbing up a rope too. Definitely. Wow. Has, you know, after the after those lowered marine standards, eh? <laughs> I think I have a life here. Oh, no, there, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that looks more realistic. I think I have a life here. That looks more realistic right there. Like, I know, it, it, it just shows forth the fact from, from from the very fact that the U.S. military had to lower standards for, yeah. for women That's to it. be able to, to have the same jobs as men. But I can't tell if it's real. It's reinjecting femininity. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You see that? You see that? The bad guy was scared. 
I'm like, <laughs> it's the woman. The woman's gonna beat me. Okay, let's look at the rest of the trailer. How much? How bad this trailer woman. is. We have no. Oh no no no. <laughs> Oh, it's a her-o. Oh, her. <laughs> yeah. her her. Hang on, hang on. She-her. No okay, get the full thing. A she-her-o. A she-her-o. What? Out there? Whoa, 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 bro, what? <laughs> we have no idea what threats are out there. You haven't seen the movie, have you? You can't. That's that, her that old lady's an alien. That's her smashing the patriarchy of those of female of the, ancestors of, who, who of the women of the women with internalized misogyny. She's whacking the the internalized misogyny out of that old all lady. A, it's all a big allegory. I see. I see. Yes. <clears throat> oh, man, we need you. Yes. I'm not what you think I am. I'm not like other girls. <laughs> I'm not who you think I am. I'm a hermaphrodite. <laughs> <laughs> that that's how I'm able to be a superhero. Yeah, that's it. You, you, you see how just terrible it is. Oh yeah. It's just horrible. Oh yeah. It doesn't doesn't care like, about like the amount the most of unrealistic the most unrealistic scenes you'll ever see. Yeah, that's Ever. it. And 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 you'll you'll only get you'll get the you'll get the absolute soy fans saying like oh, the superhero movies don't make it be realistic. But there is in superhero movies a grounding in reality so that we can think, okay, this isn't real, but it kind of makes sense, and that's how we can make it like we can we can enjoy it, we can have entertainment from it because it's taking a real yeah, scenario and then yeah, adding yeah. fantasy on top of it. When Based. you have a freaking woman doing that stuff, that kind of breaks that totally breaks the suspension of disbelief. Base tomism, the grace perfects nature, doesn't destroy it. You should, you should make a, you should make a, you should submit a paper titled "The Thomistic Response to Captain Marvel and Other Abominations." <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see if there's any questions in the chat because I should probably. Eventually, I need to get work done tonight. What time is it in Australia? Three fifty-one p.m. Oh, right here it's like midnight. Some surprise for <laughs> eleven people watching. <laughs> it's actually funny um it's actually it's actually funny timing that you, you bring up this topic because in a tomorrow yes actually tomorrow i'm uh uh around this time, actually not this time uh tomorrow i'll be interviewing father james on the topic of egalitarianism and its consequences and he'll be he'll be talking about in particular his experience with his organization how it's kind of caused some shenanigans there so that's going to be fun too good timing yeah, it's so it's so sad because I even see it um, in the Roman Church, wherein I'm a, I'm obviously a, a member, where you see like oh really female female altar servers and stuff like that. <laughs> obviously, obviously we're nowhere. There'll never be a female priest, like even <clears throat> up to like the '90s or early 2000s. You have Pope until saying, they like, start questioning the doctrines of infallibility. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like the Pope went as far as to say. That this is an issue that I don't even have the authority mm. to rule on because but, this has been established eternally in Christ. Was, in but was that an ex cathedra statement? It was. It was an encyclical that was. 
Yeah, they're gonna like, they're gonna say it wasn't infallible, so it can be reformed. So let's consider you, the question. But there's been like no reformed encyclicals, technically speaking. Hmm. And if well, they and if they were to encyclicals, even encyclicals with like an erroneous statement, because like, they could just well, that would be a historical statement, I guess. Hmm. <laughs> Father James <laughs> Martin. Yeah, of course. I'm I'm actually I'm actually inviting him along. It's actually going to be it's actually a trap. He thinks he's coming on so that uh, we can discuss the benefits of egalitarianism. But actually, I'm going to dox him and bully him live on air. Okay, so uh, a good question. Elijah asked, "When you were an Anglican, did you ever personally see any bad problems with women priests?" Yes, I actually uh, actually did. What you'll see in those scenarios, and I'm sure Father James, since he's had he's had some experience with this too, he'll James Godomsky for those who don't know. Yeah, James <laughs> Gad, James Martin, Fa Father James Gad. Gad. Father Gad, he he will confirm this. But what you see when you have these female priests is that they are basically the mothers of their parishes. They're mm. they're they're motherly, and it's just it sucks for everybody because your priest is he's called Father for a reason. He's acting as the spiritual father of the the, the local community that is the church, and he takes on fatherly roles of protecting them from false doctrine of teaching and, and, and of, of stuff like this, that you see that uh, if, if, as you see fatherly roles in sacred scripture, he takes on that, but in a spiritual sense. So when you have a spiritual mother, that's, that's over this congregation, it just is an absolute train wreck of, of a thing, because basically that's what happened to the Episcopal church. You have all these female bishops and they just let anything go because they're more, you see with women and this is, this can be a fault. Mm, they're more men, agreeable. But women, women are more concerned with relationships than they are that's with it. truth. And that, and a that was my, times. that's, that's what I saw. Like after there's that, um, there's this like study from like some years ago when I was kind of looking at the issue of like, oh, women in women in like government roles, for example, mm -hmm. why we need more women representation in like the Senate or whatever. And it was a study that was like, more when there were more women in like i don't know if it was the house of reps or the senate more bills got passed but then it's like well okay does more equal better and why did more get passed was it because, number go up equal gooder yeah exactly graph go up means well more gooder like what bills are they passing and why was it simply because the women was it because they're actually effective leaders and persuaders or was it because they were mm -hmm. just very agreeable because they, they they have a problem with breaking relations like men yeah. like i can very heartily disagree with another man and we can fight it out and i've had this happen with a lot of men where we we, we fight something out and then that's we don't great. break the we don't break the relationship over that we're still friends yeah, afterwards a, but yeah, with a, but with women uh just the way in which they're intrinsically um constituted towards mm. relationship and obviously men men can men can learn a bit from mm. from reducing aggressiveness on, on certain things yeah, that's it. but but because of this women do not make good leaders in in any in any facet which is why you look at like stats among like like for example um do you ever have you ever worked in retail before no if you if you ever work in retail you'll notice that most of the lower level like department managers and then the managers of um it, of like mid-level stuff uh, below the store manager they're all women because they're dealing with most of the time teenagers people in their early 20s and they have to kind of take on a motherly role 
among yeah. guiding guiding a bunch of idiots basically <laughs> they're not they're not trying to just get things get things done and like pure power and force and and stuff like that but when it comes to the store managers the guy on top it's it's a guy on top it's it's usually mm-hmm. not a a woman on top because when they're when they're in charge of the store it's absolutely like bloodthirsty and they have to they have to meet numbers they have to get things done and they they have to exert force and when you do have these certain groups the these uh these groups that are led by led by men they're like every every time i've seen it they've been like top one percent top ten percent in the entire company my cousin things done my cousin experienced exactly that when he worked uh, if you're if you're watching cuz shout out i doubt if he is though but he worked he when he worked for kfc he came in at a time when their male manager from before was one of the best kfc managers in the entire country and my cousin started working just as he left and a woman manager came in <laughs> and she came in and he he hated that job so much with how well the, the woman manager well obviously for, for many reasons one of them being that she would play favorites with the other ladies uh who worked mm-hmm. at the kfc for one um, and it was all about that passive aggression, that passive aggression, and the store just ran like absolute crap. And he hated the job the entire time he was there. So the contrast was absolutely night and day. It was actually hilarious. Yeah, because I don't <clears throat> when when I'm when I'm in charge of a group of people, which happens sometimes. Um, I don't I don't really care about whether whether you like me or not. Like that's not why we're here. Mm-hmm. We're not here to make friends or play favorites or anything. That's we're it, here yeah. to we're here to get stuff done. We're mm-hmm. here to be the best. We're here to be number one, that's and it, yeah. and that drive and aggressiveness. That's why historically, and a- any good general is a male. Like you know, yeah, like, oh my gosh, there's a wayman like general here. Ooh. Like they're they're usually they're usually not in a role of like an active leader in war. Like that almost yeah. never happens because yeah, the war would it. be lost. Like yeah, that's it. almost instantaneously. Same. That's it. Yeah. Same with, same with teaching as well. There is, there is very easy to see how um, there's, you can get very successful um, women teachers because you can exercise those motherly, um, how would I say it? Those motherly attributes with students um, in order to create a kind of cohesive environment like that. But it's ultimately susceptible to those kids who just don't give a crap and they want to cause chaos all the time, which is why you need to, you need to pull me, the half led male teacher to come into the classroom and I'll, I want to build relationships with my students. I want to uh, um, like have some, have, have fun and all that stuff. But fundamentally I'm your teacher. You're going to listen. And I experienced the consequences of when I would not be as hard as I should be as a male teacher, um, because then the kids will just abuse your trust and they'll, and if they don't see that you're going to give them consequences, then they're just going to keep misbehaving, keep misbehaving. So then so then once I take on the actual masculine role, I'm like, okay, that's it. No, you move your chair there or yeah, no, you're in detention um, or even just give them a nice little, nice little, um, what's the, what's the term? A nice dressing down in front of the entire class that can, that can whip them into the shape. And that's something you don't normally see with women teachers. And when you do sometimes see it with women teachers, when they do it frequently, they're, they're not very feminine to say the, the say the least. They're, uh, they're very, shall we say, I probably won't use that word, but it starts with a D and rhymes with, like <laughs> yeah yeah you, def- you definitely see that too with um like going all the way up from like pre-k to like post-grad 
Like mm-hmm. as you at, when you're at the bottom at pre-K, it's probably like 95-5 when it comes that's to it. female teachers. That's it. Male teachers. With primary Wait, what, school what teachers. Age, what ages do you teach? So I teach I could teach grades seven to twelve. So that yeah, week yeah. So I'm fine with saying this. Usually when there's the male teachers who are pre-K, they're usually um predators and, yeah, and homo- homosex- homosexuals. That's what you usually get in, in the bottom grade. Then as you go up, like high school, I like it's almost 50 50. Uh, then once you get into like like college, it's even more than like yeah, grad, the, the, grad school. It's just like that's it. Yeah. The ratio is still, unfortunately, at least for Australia, it's still way too low male teachers in, in high school. You can definitely understand it for, for primary school and that women are way better with that. Um, just just for the simple fact that they're probably not going to go all predator, as you say. But also, which is not impossible, that does happen, but it's rare. Um, but with high school, the ratio, even though it is much higher for male teachers um, com- compared to primary school, there's still, in my opinion, way too many female teachers. And that actually does contribute to big problems with uh, student development because you've got many student delinquent students who who go into high school jackasses and they come out jackasses because they either have uh, women high school teachers the entire time, which I did for a large chunk of my high school uh, th- uh, time, but not the entire time, or the male teachers they do have just suck as men who can enforce discipline. Um, so it's a massive, massive, massive problem. And I hope to kind of remedy that. So that's kind of why I'm getting ready to yeah. get a, I want to get like a nicer, um, I want to bring back the cane and I'm going to wrap it in barbed wire. So that's going to be a nice disciplinary tool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember seeing that when I was when I was in high school. There was a marked difference between how I acted when I was and obviously I was was a jackass, as you like to say, <laughs> in, in high school. So there was a marked difference between how I acted when there was like a, a very passive sort of either a passive male teacher or female teacher. Yeah. And then you had those teachers that actually like like mm-hmm. to get things done. Like put the like fear order. of God in you. Yeah, put the fear of God in you. And I learned so much better in those classes. Mm-hmm. I knew my stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I did good on the tests. I studied like because you knew that if you didn't do your work, you would be embarrassed. <laughs> but you would. And that is a very good teaching tool. It's very good. That's why I think there should be there should be also that division between males and females in school. Like, why do we mix? Yeah, I've together? actually I've I've grown further away from the normie pro co-ed position, and I see that actually with school environments, I'm still for like like I still reckon like guys and girls should be in like the same playgrounds, for example, when they're in lunchtime and recess and all that stuff. Because like, otherwise, if you don't do that you're putting like a majority of the time of their week, not having interaction with the other sex. That's, that could be very detrimental. I've experienced that in my own life, which is why I was kind of, I was a bit of a social retard up until relatively recently when it comes to talking <laughs> with women. Um, I, and I'll be, I'll gladly talk about that in public. Yes. I was a social <laughs> retard, especially with women. I could get along fine with guys for most of the time. And even, even then not as greatly as I could, but with, but with women in all throughout my entire high school life, I, I, couldn't approach them at all. No way. I couldn't get into conversation with them unless they came first. Um, and so, you, so you'd have to, so they'd have to be still be interaction, like at least on playgrounds and lunch and all that. But when it comes to actual, the classroom, hundred percent male only, female only, because the differences between girls and boys generally with learning are so marked. Yeah. And the problem with the system across the West is that it's gone way towards the side of feminine style of learning, where it's more, it, it's it more is, quiet, it's yeah. passive, which which a bunch of guys can do, but that's why you get problems with boys who are disruptive and all that because they can't sit still for a while. 
And it's not because they have some mental deficiency like ADHD. Sometimes they do, but sometimes they're just a bloody male and they can't sit down and be quiet for, for an unreasonable amount of time. You've got to get some, you got to get some kinetic learning in there. So to speak, you got to get some hands on crap. And that's why yeah. with my classes, I, I do a lot of activities. Yeah. Pedagogically, this is, this is so important. Like mm -hmm. with the distinctions, because all of yeah, it's it. geared towards females and that's from, it. from the, like as males, us as males from the very beginning of our life we are being we're, we're being psyoped and being being pushed towards that's being it, feminine yeah. that's like it, yeah. like we're yeah. we're when when you have a, a boy just acting like a boy a male just acting like a male that is that is detrimental to the system so they put mm -hmm. you on drugs they penalize that's you it. they try to force you to act in a feminine manner throughout mm -hmm. your entire childhood Precisely. and this Precisely. this leads to some very feminine males even if even if intellectually a lot of these guys intellectually might be right in the fact that they're complementarians and the fact that they're this and that yeah. and they realize these distinctives but the way but the that they present aspects. themselves the way that they act absolutely feminine yeah 100 100 so many oh my word it's so true so many complementarian pastors thinkers whatever and they're just women they're just they're they're, they're, it, they're it pretty is, much women in all but their biology and, it and is, it's so it funny so and so funny when you see these narrow complementarians and straight up egalitarians who are who are, there's there's conservative egalitarians who strongly are for like conservative principles like the infallibility of scripture male and male and woman marriage only and all that so i call them feminist light but they're still fundamentally feminist and those types from narrow complementarians egalitarians all the way to christian feminists where they'll say oh there's just, there's just no actual biological inherent distinctions between men and women we're all a mosaic and all that um when you're when you're a teacher when you're actually learning teaching pedagogy that's a load of crap okay you, any any egalitarian principles you have in your mind even if you don't consciously consider it they are thrown out the window the gender of the student the sex of the student sorry because gender is a term made up by a pedophile scientist um, is or rather a concept made up by a pedophile scientist. So I don't, I don't acknowledge the difference between sex and gender. It's retarded, um, other than a mere conceptual distinction. The the any kind of egalitarian thinking on that, on the inherent traits of men of boys and girls, goes out the window once you actually become a teacher. You are forced to consider those differences. Even yes, even though there are differences within the the sexes, no one denies that. But between the boys in your class and the girls in the class. There are patterns. There are clear patterns yeah. and they cannot be ignored. And this is a major problem in the theology world too. Like it's very popular. Mm -hmm. You'll get these guys like, oh, I'm a th I'm a theology nerd. It's so cool, guys. Like, oh my gosh. It is it yeah, is a bit, basically, <laughs> yeah, post physique. Basically, you are a soft, feminine, emasculate male. You, yeah. You're absolute of effeminacy, like yeah, just soy pouring out of you. Like so this is this is such this is such a problem because you cannot be an effective theologian as a male if you're feminine. Like there's there's yeah. some okay female theologians like from the medieval era, but most mm -hmm. of their works are very mystical, very devotional, yeah, that's it. very Stuff like the heart feminine. the heart of God, like that's in good. the relationship with God internally. But when it comes to absolutely autistic scholastic distinctions. Like that is a very masculine women can't even comprehend it. Women, women cannot <laughs> even comprehend it. That's why you don't have them have them writing it. And I mean, you know, they'll be like, oh my gosh, like, did you see these like five female theologians that actually don't suck? I was like, yeah, have you seen like the 20 million male theologians <laughs> that don't suck? 
so so like when when it comes to when it comes to the especially the online environment you get it with a lot of these guys and i i i know you have in your mind a few channels i definitely have in my mind a few channels and i won't mention it publicly because a lot of these guys are very they're so very we're talking nice. about effeminate theology geeks yeah they're very nice they're oh, they're they're very okay. agreeable they're they're charitable so i don't want to come out here and just like absolutely plow their existence on this stream but it is a it is a huge problem like mm. the, you're not you're not mm. getting stuff done yeah and then there's you also see i mean obviously everybody knows there's the opposite sort of error too when it comes to the absolute and we'll, we'll mention these guys jay dyer <laughs> 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 yeah, there, there there is the opposite error of of um over over masculinity and then, then really it's just you know, you're just jealous that you don't have the news you stupid little effeminate latin boy <laughs> bro stop shaving <laughs> yeah so so you you see you see and especially the problem i'm not going to even emphasize that problem because these these guys are exceptions that, that problem, exceptions that to the rule. comparatively non-existent let's be real yeah there's like three guys yeah, yeah and they're mostly they're mostly like and even like 20, then, you can twenty five years old, and they grow out of it. They, even they, then, you can get a lot of value out of him. Like Dyer, he can make some good points. Like when arguing with Muslims and an atheist, for example, you can still get a fair bit of decent stuff out of him. And even with the effeminate theologians, you can get some good abstract points in them. But that's the key. That's like the what I think is the the, the core cause really behind why so many of these theology geeks are so effeminate is because they only consider their theology in the abstract, and they don't end up actually putting it into practical, real world application. Or when they do, it's for all the CRT talking points, all the women sexual abuse survivors stuff, which is real. But with the way it's played out in the SBC recently, in particular, has amounted to a ton of slander on pastors without due process. <clears throat> so, yeah. Other than that, they don't actually apply their theology to the real world by by actually living it in the real world. Particularly, what does it mean to be a man as a, a Christian man? What does that actually mean? They'll only consider these questions. Um, in the abstract and argue with them on forums online, but they actually won't go out into the real world, which is what allows so many of them to just say egal chant, egalitarianism, egalitarianism all day. But then once they go into their daily lives without thinking twice, they will assume certain things of men and women and they won't actually connect those dots together. Their, th their abstract theological world mm. is totally in contradiction to their practical real world experience. And that really, that really hurts us also when it comes to, you you see these guys they are as ecumenical as the day is long like they don't yeah. care they'll oh, bring yes. on non-trinitarians and they'll bring on like anybody and, and it's fine to bring on other people i have I yeah that's it i bring on a freaking muslim i bring on a freaking muslim yeah but we argue that's the thing yeah well, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll argue we we yeah. we we actually care about the truths in which we we hold to and part of actually caring about what you're affirming is fighting for it and is defending it and i don't see any of that stuff with a lot of these guys it's That's very it. sad and it hurts um it hurts their ability to effectively uh persuade mm. people that is a major part of rhetoric is to be able to um persuade so when you're just presenting information as a hypothetical people take it as a hypothetical if you present it as the truth the truth in which we live and die, the truth in which our life is based on, the truth in which we worship and adore, those those things are all connected, and that is fundamentally masculine when you're a male. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, and unfortunately, if you're going to be of the egalitarian mindset, you have to call God Himself at multiple points in Scripture a uh, flagrant misogynist. 
because of course we mentioned i believe you mentioned at the beginning the beginning of isaiah where uh god himself laments that uh um we're, we're, okay isaiah 3 um isaiah 3 chapter 12 and <laughs> it's a funny story with how the net translates it but i'm going to go to an actual proper translation <laughs> so i'll go to the nasb where it says in talking about how israel's leadership's a load of crap and they're going to collapse because of it where isaiah chapter 3 says um say to the righteous that it will go well for them for they will eat the fruit of their actions woe to the wicked it will go badly for them for what he deserves will be done to him my people their oppressors treat them violently and women rule over them. My people, those who guide you, lead you astray and confuse the direction of your paths. So women leaders very much assumed to be not a good thing. And then you got Nahum chapter three, where it actually, where it also says uh, in talking about the coming destruction of like Israel's armies and that you too will search for a refuge from the enemy. All your fortifications are fig trees with ripe fruit. When shaken, they will fall into the eater's mouth. Behold, your people are women in your midst. The gates of your land are opened wide to your enemies. Fire consumes your gate bars. And contextually, most translations put it as your, your armies are like women in your midst because of the military context. But either way, um, very misogynistic language coming in, from in, that Lord in, the, in the spiritual sense of that church of that um, of that passage, that is basically the church. You yeah. have a bunch of these Christian leaders who are women in the midst and not yeah, fighting for the truth. So I mean, yeah. the people the people are inevitably going to follow the leaders. The people are going to mm -hmm. look like the leaders. So if they have this indifferentism to the truth and they don't fight for the truth, but they just let let whatever be whatever, and that's how the people are going to act. And then once that's you're in that mind, once you're just in that mindset, and you built up that habit, like that is completely detrimental to any institution that that holds that. And, Co and Chopo is telling us a little bit about how uh, how Croatian schools work. So one of my teachers in my high school was this socially awkward dude. Also, he once literally broke the doors by slamming a troublemaker student through them. Based Croatian high schools. I know, right? And what's funny is that with this passage, the the New English the New English translation for the Isaiah three passage, they take in, they take excuse with the ambiguity of the oldest Hebrew text because the oldest Hebrew text, like with the um, Dead Sea Scrolls. Has, has a continuous string of letters with no spaces and no yeah. vowel pointers. So some points can be vague. So what they do with Isaiah 3 is they actually translate it. Um, they actually translate it as oppressors treat my people cruelly, creditors rule over them <laughs> rather than women rule over them. Because apparently the way you can divide the text, um, it also allows you to apparently translate the word, which is which can be similar to women, but actually refers to a creditor. So totally ignoring the prior context, how it talks about um, the oppressive oppressive princes of children, for example, going over them. It ignores that context entirely and just says, oh, no, we're going to go with creditors. Um, and they give a bunch of technical things as to why and all that. But cope. fundamentally, we know. Yeah, it's cope. It's, that's it's fundamentally cope. what it is. Huge, huge cope. Okay. So is there anything else you'd like to, like to cover? I'm not seeing any questions in the chat. Um, oh, Cope uh, Chopper has a funny story. Um, he says one of the teachers in my high school was you, you absolute old. autist, you absolute freaking autist. You're reading, you're reading while, while you were reading that those notes to that verse. I read that story, and you were like, Oh, cool. And <laughs> Wait, what? That's the difference between mass. That's true masculinity Wait, you read that? right there. You read yes. it already? Oh, that's, that's true masculinity right there. I didn't hear you read that. Be so, be so enamored with the syntax yeah. of a passage that you don't even hear the story that the other guy's talking about. Oh, yeah, of course.
Yeah, that's it. Yeah, go go back go back to the replay about one minute, uh, one hour ten minutes, and and you'll see that. Fire. Well, it's a funny story, eh? (laughs) Tell it again. Whatever. Okay. One of the teachers in my high school was a socially awkward dude. Also, he he once literally broke the doors by slamming a troublemaker student through them. (laughs) Was it a male student at least? That would get you fired in so, Australia and America, presumably. That would that'd just get you fired. It shouldn't, so but it's freaking lame. So uh what's right. female leads? Oh, we're talking about uh like superhero movies that have females uh, like uh yeah. Captain Marvel and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well they're toy va. They're absolutely mm-hmm. haram. They are. They they literally they literally are. They are yeah, they're toy va, they're accursed, it should be punishable by death. Yeah, didn't um and you see it too with the uh, what, what's the other movie with the f- Wonder Woman? I think Wonder Woman was a cringe concept from the beginning. It's, yeah, right. yeah. Well, here's, here's the thing: Wonder Woman was just pretty much it's it's pretty much like it was like because it was a very old thing. It was pretty much eye candy for the guys, um, and it was yeah. probably a feminist thing as well because um, that that I think it did come up in like the feminist era, if I'm not mistaken. But um, it, it's still in the end objectified her by like, you know, making her this super, super sexy figure and all that. So, which is unlike Captain Marvel, they just make her the most bland, ugly chick around, you know, like not ugly, but bland. Like they deliberately make her super bland so that, you know, it's not objectifying her. So, um, and, and Wonder Woman, like the actress for Wonder Woman in the movies, I'll say that. But uh, yes, Wonder Woman is fundamentally, uh, is, is fundamentally doing that same thing. It's not, but it's not as overt as Captain Marvel. You know, you don't have Wonder Woman every two seconds saying like, "Oh, you surprised to see a woman here and all that stuff." You, you don't see that with Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh wait, did did she actually say, "Are you surprised to see a woman here"? Oh no, I like stuff like that in Captain Marvel where she was oh, like, wait. "I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like most girls," you know, like that. Wait, wait, trailer. there's another, there's another. Uh, oh, it's officially Women's History Month, guys! Congratulations! Oh yeah, true that. That's why. That's actually a really good queen. I did not know that. It's a great coincidence because now, like. With my channel, I've just started a thing of themes where I have like a stretch of like a month or two of going on a certain theological and uh, side-by-side historical topic. And this theme that I just started, uh, that will be starting officially with my interview with James tomorrow is sexual theology and egalitarianism. And I did not know it was Women's History Month. So uh, fantastic timing. Oh, wait, here's here's another really cringe one. Another cringe Captain Marvel moment. It was my oh, wife. Yeah. My wife forced me against my will, absolute beta male movement to <laughs> to watch I'm to sorry. watch uh, Endgame. The the one. Oh yeah, I watched that with my <laughs> mate in cinema. Oh, that scene. <laughs> yes. The great thing was that apart from that, she oh, played like no role make a great in the movie. This this impression for free. What? Yeah, I'm talking about you. Okay. Absolute Chad moment. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Oh yeah, the grammar. Have you seen the Grammarly commercials? That's this is see, it's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. Yeah. You have a black female gym teacher. Yeah, that's it. Like no, no, like college coach, a black female know, college football coach. Like I know, yeah, it has to be a racial that? one. It has and to be a racial have, one. And then you have like they... the the female science major, and then you have the white guy that's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, <laughs> I genuinely miss. Like, there's no point of being ashamed of it because as I, as I've as I made clear before, if we trot ourselves, if we tiptoe around so as to not get cancelled, it's a fruitless thing. So you may as well cancel yourself. I miss the day of. Of like when there's like a like a hero action hero movie where it's like a group of it's like a group of people going to fight and do something and all that. I miss it when it was just white males 
Oh boy, those were the days. <laughs> that's why you just got to watch the old movies. That's it. Or yes, like, or it. like you you watch the or even movies. even 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 the ones which have like the racial minorities in it, but it wasn't a point. It's just incidental. Yeah, you know? I mean, and they're still fantastic movies. Exactly. But like, now because I don't know they're about... forcing in, because they're forced, they're doing the opposite of what they want. Because they're forcing in racial minorities to everything, it is actively getting, and I've got to be careful with how I say it, is making me actively dislike when I see minority main characters now, even if they're not being forced in. Like, I don't know if you're the same or not, but it's mm. making me dislike something that I otherwise don't care about and, and don't need to care about. Yeah, with Australia, it's about this. It's actually even more white in Australia than it is in America. But yeah, no. like when, when when you look at like the constitution of the American, not, not constitution in the strict sense, but in the general sense, when you look at the general racial makeup of the American people, overwhelmingly white yes but like when you when you look at like what was i can't i still can't remember the name of the one like like war movie or something it wasn't like a superhero movie it was like a future galactic war movie my wife and i were looking for a movie to watch one evening and we just happened to watch the trailer and we were looking at the reviews and it's like 60 percent black females in this army it's like bro what like literally like five percent of the population like i'm sure the movie sucked i never watched it Okay. Oh, now let's let's watch this cringe moment right here. As you type, yeah. Grammarly. The good thing about the movie, and I was relieved when I watched in the cinema, is that that was literally the only like Captain Marvel moment. Like she appeared and did stuff, and that's it. Like this is the only major Captain Marvel moment. So I think they recognize that people just, just don't like her. <laughs> See, Ivan points out the Greek pagans paints female leaders and rulers how the opposite of superheroes, but how killers like Dinah. Deanna, they know these tragic aspects, the drama. Um, so that could use some Grammarly, but um Yeah, I don't think he's I don't think English is his first language. I think he's Italian. Okay. Man. <laughs> so well the can, good thing can, about being men is that, that we mock e the good thing about me and men is that we can lovingly mock each other for our deficiencies. That's true. They won't just be like, Oh, you hurt my feelings. So yeah. <laughs> like when I have an English talks six about out of ten, um, you can mock me for being a half cast. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, is anyone else seeing this? Oh no! Oh, water! Everything's falling apart! Base masculine saving the day. <laughs> These movies, Marvel movies suck, by the way. I hate them. Oh, uh, yeah. Dude, absolute Chad. Right there. Another absolute. Oh yeah, Captain the quintessential America. white male. The quintessential white male, right? There. And then they replace <laughs> it with a black guy. Like what, bro? What? Well, literally, our the one W that we had in Hollywood, and you had to take know, right? <laughs> well, also Thor. Thor's the other W. Oh, and then well, also Thor. And, uh, well, okay, in, Tony Stark wasn't like masculine, masculine. Bro, Indiana Jones. Was... Indiana Jones was a massive dub. <sighs> Oh no, it's all falling apart. How are we males gonna save the day? Yeah, I know. Oh no, look, we got Iron Women to help save the white male boy. Oh look, and we got the black female Viking. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, the black female Viking. Let's see what hey, hey Jamie. Poor Ragnarok pull, if you want to know who she is. Jamie, pull up what uh what Vikings say about um Africans. Let's let's see how <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait, did you see the one thing a while back where somebody did an article and this was like in like the New York Times or something where they were arguing that the Vikings were actually black? Oh my word, I saw that. Yeah. Well, great, fantastic. Thanks for proving our point on crime statistics. <laughs> No. I'm, a, I'm a white male and I'm scared. I can't do anything. Oh no. This is like P live POV Ukraine, Kiev. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh, look, everybody's going to their savior. This is this is literally just no, like, oh no, the savior of the superheroes. Who's the super superhero? Oh, wait, no, they're actually just gonna get wrecked. No, we're about, we're about to die. What's gonna happen? What the hell is this? Who's coming? Buddy, what are they firing at? Something just entered the upper atmosphere. Oh, something entered the upper atmosphere. <gasps> it's a golden light, like a, like a Jesus figure. <laughs> is this the second coming? <laughs> That'd be the most Chad second coming, like a literal meteor. If Jesus came down in that, how freaking awesome would that be? Oh look, the big bad guy was destroyed by something. Wow. <gasps> the Jesus figure. It's a woman with short hair! It's a, it's a lesbian, guys. A... <laughs> wait, wait, lesbian. Listen, listen to what she says. Oh, oh it doesn't even have what she said. What did she say? I forget. I don't know. I'm going to... Oh, this is a longer one. Let me go into it a little bit. I'll, I'll just find this last 10 seconds. We're not going to have to it's watch amazing. that monstrosity like again. Motorcycle yeah. and people love it. You deserve to save. I deserve to save. See, look, this is a nice, realistic, hardy American. Oh, no, no, no. Here. Look at that short hair woman biker on the left. Dang. I mean, he has a way of making you feel... Oh, dang it. See? Bundle car and motorcycle insurance. Yeah, see? The woman. <sighs> Crap. At Geico.com. Ruins everything. All right, so you gotta skip like towards the end, I believe, for it. And I was wiped out. Usually, out of other planets in the universe. Oh wait, this this conversation is the worst. Yeah. You guys take care of doubt. This is the worst. Just the fifty percent hubris. Take care of him, and I'll bring a Missourian elixir when I come back. Where are you going? To kill Thanos. Hey, you know, we usually work as a team here, and uh, between you and I, morale's a little fragile. We realize up there is more your territory, but this is our fight, too. You even know where he is? I know people who might, so let's get him. Use them to bring everyone back. Because before, you didn't have me. Where the hell have you been all this time? <laughs> before, you didn't have me. Let, me. let me do it. And then you have, like, the scene where she's, like, strutting off. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go kill Thanos. <laughs> Guys, I'm gonna get Thanos. AMS. Oh, follow me on TikTok, guys. Watch my clips about killing Thanos. Subscribe to my OnlyFans. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be real. Captain Marvel definitely has that. Yeah. And here's the real Chad right here. Oh, this is the Chad moment, actually. <laughs> I like this one. Oh no, beta that, moment from the Giga that. Chad. Ships, no armies, no ground defenses of any kind. It's just him. 
Wait, we have to. Yeah, skip skip towards the end because that's when. Oh wait, okay. Oh, now, we're, yeah. now we're now we're when she looks like a lesbian. Okay. Congratulations! When did you come out? Here it is. Hi, I'm Peter Parker. Hey, Peter Parker. You got something for me? Don't worry. She's got health. Oh, this bit, yep, yep, this scene. The oh. Power moment. This is the Women Avengers moment. Oh. I remember cringing so hard in the cinema oh, with this gosh. scene. This is the worst. Oh. I would have just left if I would have paid for this. Okay, so we have we have exhausted this topic, and yeah. I should probably read the Summa for the rest of the night until like six a.m. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be reading my base Samuel Rutherford Lex Rex Law. Oh, that's a good one. Lex it's Rex. a really yeah, freaking good king. one. It's either I think it, I think it is law is king, but they mm -hmm. render it the law and the king for some reason. So yeah, I don't know. But it's a, but it is fan, absolutely fantastic. Have you one read side. Uh, the one from uh, Brut? I think he goes by the pseudonym Brutus. That's another reformed. You're, you're talking about the the Windikii. Yes, yes, yes. I haven't read that one yet. I wanted to get that with uh, Rutherford, but I couldn't afford it at the time. So I don't know. Whenever I feel like it. Um, but yeah, yeah. For, uh, for when I start doing the content on theology of the state, which will be very fun because that's the theology that's been so much more, that's, it's, it's exposed the last two years, just how, how, uh, shall we say illiterate that Christians are on political theology. They just think the state does something. It's presumably good. Therefore they have the right to do it. They have no concept. Most Christians of sphere but, sovereignty, but, but, but Romans 13, well, I'm a fan, but first paper too. Okay, so oh, thoughts on Boethius. Yes, I just read actually just um finished reading Consolation of Philosophy. Then uh next semester I'll be taking a class on Boethius, which will be fun. Uh so for Boethius, uh I, I just amazing. Uh St. Thomas Aquinas draws so much from Boethius. He's probably one of the top ten people that St. Thomas quotes, especially on St. Thomas Aquinas's uh theology of happiness. That's where he gets from this text from Boethius, um, Consolation mm. of Philosophy. Beautiful, amazing philosopher, Roman statesman, absolute giga chad. Mm. Um, definitely not beta male. So, yeah, that's all I have. Um, subscribe. Just Lovely. nuke that. Be masculinely aggressive against yeah. that subscribe button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To commit. Okay, I'm pro okay, I probably won't say that. This is YouTube. <laughs> 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 commit. Um uh commit commit war crimes against that subscribe button to militant thomas yes also uh like button uh even just write a stupid comment below just to trick the youtube algorithm into showing this to more people so more people can see when they watch this um and then share it on your social media so all your uh your beta male friends can just seethe when they hit the part about uh beta male online theologians so uh oh yeah, yeah i think that's all um yeah, become a patron, as you see below. Patreon.com slash Milton Thomas. Do you have anything the other, Paul? Um, other than the usual plugs, subscribe to me, become a patron, help me make it a job. I want to make this like a little, like like a teaching ministry. That's how I want to frame it. Um, I have a cool discussion with Father Father James Gad tomorrow on this well, similar topic on egalitarianism and its consequences, which have in fact been a disaster for the human race. So yeah, there's that. And I got my, well, yeah, I've got the usual stuff that'll be happening regularly. Um, so, yeah, do subscribe to me, follow there. 
especially on Gab, because of course, just like with Christian here, I don't expect to be uh, tolerated on YouTube forever. So yeah, yeah, you 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 lovely people have a good time. Yeah, let me see who I have tomorrow. I forgot to tell you guys about that. I actually have three guests tomorrow. It's gonna be pretty nice. Um, you churn through a lot of interviews. At two o'clock, I have Catholic Biblical Interpretation with Dr. Matthew Levering. That's going to be fun. Um, at three o'clock, I have Leonetius in Byzantium with fa Father Brian Daly, who's a professor at Notre Dame. And then at 8 p.m., I'll have James Abney, who's a, who's a follower of the channel. We'll be talking about studying the original languages. So nice. that'll, be, that'll be a fun one, especially Greek. We'll be talking about Greek. And... Uh, a little bit and a secret tool that you guys will be able to use, but I can't reveal it yet because we might be getting a sponsor, boys. Well, we are we already have a sponsor. It's just waiting to go live. So, uh, yeah, you'll be able to put in a code, get a cool tool for uh, for studying Greek, and uh, that's all I have for you. So, enjoy, God bless, and love that outro. Lord.